The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host. Before we get started and get into the juice of the episode, I want to quickly remind everybody listening that although I am a therapist, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy, although it might encourage you to start therapy and it also might encourage you to talk about something new with your therapist if you already have one. Now, let's get into the episode because today we are talking about something that literally every single human in the whole world that has ever been in the world can relate to this episode because we've all used what we are about to talk about today and that is defense mechanisms. So we hear those words all the time, and I'm sure we've all used this phrase, defense mechanisms, and I'm sure that we've maybe spotted them in somebody else, and sometimes maybe we do spot them in ourselves, but do we really know what they are, where they come from, why they're showing up, how they work, and do we know if like we're choosing or if like they're just happening? Like, What do we actually really know about these other than we know they're a thing? Today, we're going to find out. So we're going to start with the basics, and maybe that seems elementary for some of y'all, but I think it would be weird not to define what a defense mechanism is before getting into the woods of them. And we're going off the idea that defense mechanisms are mostly unconscious psychological responses that attempt to protect people from discomfort that may stem from anxiety or self-esteem. And in short, they're like our psychological armor, our unconscious psychological armor. Now, Where did these come from? How did we identify them? Where did the word defense mechanism come in? We're going to talk about all of that. So now that we know what it is, we're going to talk about where it comes from and who helped us figure that out. So in the world of psychology, there were these two people that really helped identify and define and explain defense mechanisms for us way back when. Those people are Sigmund Freud and his daughter, Anna Freud. You might be familiar with the name Freud because he developed many now very controversial 
theories as he studied and he actually is the person who developed psychoanalysis. He wasn't a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist even back then. This was like before like a lot of that was a thing. He actually was a neurologist who became fascinated with the psyche and while not all of his theories and practices have stood the test of time, when it comes to the defense mechanisms, that has. And Although there have been way more developments and more research, obviously, since he kind of came up with all this stuff, the basis and the groundwork that he's done still, um, we can still look at that and see where all this came from. So back in the day, Freud developed this thing called psychodynamic theory. And in that, he identified what defense mechanisms were. But before we talk about those specifically, we're going to outline why he even says that we need them. So according to Freud, our personality comes out of this battle between our like innate biological pleasure seeking drives. So just automatically what we want. And then our internalized socialized control over these drives. So to illustrate this, he postured these three interacting systems within our minds. These included the id, the ego and the superego. Also, side note, this was so confusing to me when I was in school, and I'm not really sure why as I was like coming up with this episode. I'm like, why was this so hard for me back then? Because it's you're going to see it's just very basic. I don't know. Maybe it's because a lot of Freud's stuff was so strange and I kind of maybe subconsciously was trying to reject it. He was the person that had the stages of sexual development where like there is the Oedipus complex and the Electra complex where he talks about how you become basically obsessed and attracted to the opposite sex parent and there's all that stuff in there. So I don't know if I was like, this stuff seems weird. I don't want to pay attention to it. But what we're about to talk about today, that has nothing to do with that. What we're going to talk about today is pretty basic when it comes down to it. So back to the content, the ego, the id and the super ego. Let's talk about each one. So the id is the part of you that includes your innate drives or urges. These things that you are born with, it just comes with you. This is responsible for like your impulses for hunger, thirst, sex, all these things that just are there. Freud said that the id followed something he called the pleasure principle, meaning it's all about instant gratification. And this does not consider things such as social appropriateness, morality, and even the reality if something that you want can even come to fruition. So that's the id. Then you have the superego. This comes after you have like social interactions with parents or caregivers, whoever you're around, whatever other people are in your vicinity and your social environment that you are raised in. And it ends up becoming like your conscience, but it's based off of what you're taught. So it's like almost like the angel and the devil kind of thing. It's your moral compass, but your moral compass doesn't just come innately from you. Your moral compass comes from what you are told in and raised in and what you learn to be right and wrong. The downfall, because this part sounds great, right? If we're doing like the devil and the angel, it's like, oh, this is the angel. However, the downfall of this part is that its MO is to get the ego, which we're going to get to, to act in this idealistic way. So its MO is to do completely 100% right. It's very perfectionistic. And I want you to think of this part of you as like the summation of all of the internalized stuff you've taken in. So morals, values that you get from your parents, your religion, just society as a whole, all of those things that you just get there. 
So then we have the ego. The ego is referred to as the self because this is what people actually see. This is the outward projection of your personality, the thing that people actually experience in you. It's like the rationalization of the id and the superego. It's trying to balance them out. Its job is basically to help satisfy both of those things. What does the id want? What are those desires? How do we do that in a way that feels right? And that like the superego would approve of. So a good example to summarize all of this up in like a little snippet of a conversation would be the id says i want to do this now the super ego says it's not right to do this now and then the ego says maybe we can compromise so that's what's happening there now why do we care about any of this well because what freud said is that anxiety arises when the ego can't seem to like do its job and it can't seem to find uh, a compromise and to cope with this anxiety our subconscious calls into none other than what we're talking about today your defense mechanisms Now, although the ego is like a mostly conscious part of you, again, usually your defense mechanisms are not. We usually don't know we are using these things to help us out. They just come in. They just swoop in and they're like, let me help you figure this out because this doesn't feel good. Their job is literally to distort our reality so we can feel better. Now, side note, these aren't always bad because alleviating anxiety is not a bad thing, right? They end up becoming unhealthy or maladaptive depending on what ones we use and how often we end up using them, what pattern we kind of create. Because what they often take away is our ability to fully show up as who we are and who we want to be. And often in order to do that, we have to assess where our superego is like getting its information. And an easy example here, one that just like easily pops into my brain because, you know, I live in the South and I see this all the time is maybe we grow up in a environment or a religion or something where having sex or talking about sex or anything to do with sex is bad or wrong. And many of the people in the area where I grew up would identify this idea with like this purity culture thing, which I want to do a whole episode on, but not today. Anyway, so you grow up in that kind of idea and then you might use a defense mechanism to avoid like this innate desire you have to like have sex with a partner or just anybody with the rightness. And if I can do that, if is that moral? Is that what's going to happen to me if I do that? Am I a bad person? And the issue here is if we don't know that we're using a defense mechanism, which we'll get into the defense mechanisms and how those might show up. If we don't know that we're using one of those to keep us from engaging in something like that, then we might not actually be able to live our most authentic lives and like do the things that the real us really wants to do because our super ego is infiltrating what we really want and telling our ego that this is not okay. And then like, where are we? It's a whole thing. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So after Freud came up with all of this stuff and then identified what defense mechanisms were, his daughter, so that's Sigmund Freud, his daughter, Anna, later outlined the most common ones that she observed. So Freud's work was more about like figuring out that these exist. And then Anna's work was more about identifying what these actually look like and what the most common ones are. And she has a book that she wrote to describe this called The Ego and Mechanisms of Defense, which, you know, kind of makes sense as a title. (laughs) Again, why is this even helpful? Why do we need to know this stuff? Well, for one, this framework helps me as a therapist help my clients understand their own internal experiences and understand their behavior, both conscious and unconscious better. It's part of the road to self-awareness, which we know self-awareness is key in all of the things. So let's get to the good stuff, the actual mechanisms. We're going to talk about them. And since Freud's work, both Freud number one and Freud number two, since both all of their work, because they are they have long passed, a lot more stuff has been done in regards to this. And a lot more defense mechanisms have been identified than they originally had set out. So the list that I'm going to read, one is not all encompassing. We're going to look at some of the most common ones. Also, later, a psychiatrist categorized a lot of these into these different categories where I'm not going to go through those, but the categories were immature, neurotic, pathological, and mature, not in order. I'm not going to get into those, but I just wanted to say that because it speaks to the idea that, again, these aren't all bad. Some of them are more helpful than others, but they're not all bad. So keep an open mind with these. Don't stigmatize and shame yourself every time you're like, oh, I do that or I can see that. Sometimes we do this and it's better for us. And I'll kind of call out when that can happen more often. And also this is not an all encompassing list. So if you don't see something on here and you're like, you didn't name one, then it's just because we don't really have the time. Now let's get into the most common ones. We're going to start with displacement. 
So displacement is transferring one's emotional burden or emotional reaction from one thing to another. So an example of this would be like if I had a stressful day at work and then I end up lashing out at my partner at home. And, you know, going back to like why this even happens, the dissonance, maybe it's not okay in my mind to be viewed as angry or have feelings in the workplace, but at home, it's okay to be myself. Like this idea of who's allowed to see you struggle, right? Keep it together, hold it together. And so it's taking something that has nothing to do with my partner lashing out at like, maybe, I don't know, I come home and dinner's not ready and I, it was supposed to be ready. And I'm not, I don't actually care because maybe I'm not even hungry, but I get mad and lash out in that way when really I'm mad at my boss because he lied to me or he gave me extra work or something like that. Now we have repression. So repression is subconsciously blocking ideas or impulses that are undesirable. This defense mechanism shows up in people that have no recollection of a traumatic event, even though they were very aware during that event and very conscious during that event. This thing happens gradually over time. So you remember it and eventually you repress it and it goes away. So this is different than suppression. These get confused all the time. And I think people use the word interchangeably when they're different. So suppression is when you consciously push something away. When you repress something, it's involuntary. So if I'm using repression as a defense mechanism, I don't choose to do that. Suppression, I choose to do that. So I have a thought and I push it away. I have a thought, I push it away. I don't know that I'm doing that with repression. Repression also is different than something that has become a very popular, I would say, buzzword these days, and that is dissociation. So dissociation is being separated or removed from your experience. It is not me having experience and like being very aware and and conscious in it and then over time pushing it away. It is not me having a feeling or a memory and then being like, I don't want that go away. Dissociation is being separated or removed from your experience. There are different types of this and it's way, way, way too complex for me to just get into today because it would be a whole podcast. It'd be a whole four hour podcast, but dissociation is something that happens immediately. And while it can cause issues later, often when this is happening during trauma, it can save someone's life. When something is too extreme to handle, this comes in to keep someone safe until the event is over. This to me is less about what we've been talking about today, though, and it's more about an actual survival tool. It is a defense mechanism, but it's more about just straight up survival. Most people are not going to have dissociation come up, whether you're choosing it or it's this automatic unconscious thing. This is not going to be the thing that comes up unless there are extreme measures. So I dissociate and completely separate myself from my being when something is too extreme for me actually to be present with versus repression. Maybe that's, I just want to forget about an experience. My body wants to forget about an experience because I don't like it. It still can be traumatic, but dissociation happens on a a way larger scale. Again, I'm probably not saying this in the best way because it is so complex and I don't know how to like summarize dissociation really um, in a way that's like easily digestible because I don't think it is easily digestible. There's been research that's continuously ongoing when it comes to this, that we're finding new things out every day and it's never certain. So that's me. This is me having my anxiety over explaining myself because there's not an easy way to give that to you guys where you can be like, no, I totally understand this. So if you're confused, okay, (laughs) I guess that makes sense because it's confusing. Now let's go to another one. That's not as confusing. 
denial. Denial would be dismissing your external reality and instead focusing on your internal, whatever you want to believe. This is very, very common, very common. We've probably all done this. And this happens often in relationships when like, you know, you're not getting your needs met, but you don't want to face what that actually would mean. So you tell yourself that you're fine or that you're okay with what you have or your needs aren't getting met. You're denying yourself your truth. In short, it's literally just lying to yourself. I think that we talked about this in the grief episode that I did with Amy Brown, or maybe I talked about it with Amy on one of her episodes. I just know I've talked about this on a podcast before when I'm talking about grief and how sometimes denial can actually be really good because it keeps you in a space that's not really reality until you actually are ready and able to deal with what has happened. So while denial can go too far, I wouldn't demonize it all the time because sometimes it's keeping us where we need to be until we don't need to be there anymore. Okay, so next we have a word that is very hard for me to say, and it is intellectualization. And one, I just want to affirm myself for saying that so well, intellectualization. Wow, I'm like on a roll. Okay, so this one shows up in my office a lot. It shows up in therapy a lot. It probably shows up in your life a lot, whether you realize it or not. This is overthinking or overanalyzing. And it feels really helpful because sometimes it can help you avoid reality by keeping you preoccupied, looking for reasoning or understanding and just staying logical. And if I can keep all this in my head and I don't have to feel, then I feel better, right? Because one, feelings are uncomfortable and two, maybe in your super ego, right? And the and the morality that you've figured out, certain feelings are not okay to express or feel or have. Maybe feeling sad, scared, or angry is wrong and bad. And so you have to find a way to be okay and stay in that space. An example of this experience would be someone who is processing a sexual assault or sexual abuse in a very logical, almost like clinical way without acknowledging any of its emotional impact. Maybe they're like telling the story as if it's happening to somebody else and there's not any emotion, there's no tears. I get this a lot from people. And this can be really good and helpful in the beginning when you're not ready and able to actually sit in the reality of what has happened. But this actually turns maladaptive when somebody never gets out of this space. Because if you never actually process and deal with your emotional pain, that pain is still going to sit there and it's going to like turn into something else. And it might be turning into depression. It might turn into anxiety. It might turn into uh, certain symptoms of PTSD. So it's kind of funny because this whole idea of defense mechanisms, they exist to help us avoid anxiety. But if we stay in this too long, it's going to actually give us a lot more anxiety than we had ever in the first place. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So next, we have rationalization. This, basically sticking with justifications finding reasoning that explains something that actually isn't right. Like, yeah, I stole the car, but I had to find a way home and the bus came early. So it's not really my my fault. I had to do something like justifying why you did something. So then you feel better about it. Now that's an extreme kind of bad example, (laughs) but it also could be like, I cheated on the test, but it's because our teachers gave us too much to do in a short period of time and it was impossible to do it all. So I had to cheat. So really, it's refusing to acknowledge that you did something that doesn't actually sit well with you. Next, we have regression. Regression is very interesting. Think of regression as like going back in time, but you're still in the present. And it's basically just acting like you're younger. An example of this would be like throwing a temper tantrum at dinner with your family as an adult when you don't get your way or even better, like sticking with a tantrum theme, road rage. So when something happens, you completely like throw a temper tantrum in your car and you go back to how you would act as a kid when you're scared or want something and aren't getting what you need right away. This also shows up a lot in children when they've gone past the stage of sucking their thumb or even like wetting the bed. They'll regress to that, right? So they'll go back to that after they've already moved out of that stage as a way to reduce anxiety. Because things like sucking your thumb as a kid can be something that has helped somebody self-soothe in the past and it feels safe. And when you're in a space of anxiety, you want to feel safe. So you regress and you go back to something that you used to do, even though that is not something that makes sense in your current stage of development. All right. Then we have reaction formation. And oh my gosh, I love this one. I think it's so fascinating and interesting. And this is when you replace an initial impulse toward a situation or an idea with the opposite impulse. A simple example could be when you bully or tease someone that you actually like. Like, let's say you have a crush on somebody, but you actually like are mean to them. 
because that's scary, right? When you have a, there's some like uncertainty in that or the opposite. I know that I've done this before, but when you're overly nice to someone that you actually like really don't like and you really want to be mean to, but a better example and one that I think encompasses this the best is imagine somebody who becomes like this anti-gay advocate who actually is secretly trying to avoid his own sexuality or on that same wavelength, let's say you become this like super pro-life advocate, like you protest at the Planned Parenthood, you do all this stuff, but really maybe you have had an abortion in your life and you now are acting in the complete opposite way. Even though you made that choice and you believe it was right for you, it doesn't sit with what you were told in your experience of what was okay to do. This yeah, Like I said, this one is so interesting to me. And this one can be super damaging and it's really sad actually because you can see when you recognize it, you see so deeply how their super ego has like overtaken their ability to really, really show up as who they are because of the environment they were exposed to. Their true self can't come out. All right, then moving on, we have sublimation. Now, this one can also be super helpful. This is when you take your impulses or feelings that you might consider to be bad or wrong and you don't completely change them and do the opposite, but you use them in ways that are socially accepted or helpful. So maybe you have like a lot of pent up aggression and you become like a UFC fighter instead of becoming like an abuser or instead of like punching holes in walls and doing stuff like that. Or an easier example that more people might be able to relate to is like maybe you get frustrated and get in an argument with a partner and you get really fired up and you want to lash out at them. But instead you take that energy, that emotional energy, and you go for a run. Or maybe you go through a breakup. This one I love. Thank God for this one. Maybe you go through a breakup and you want to continuously like talk with your partner and you keep reaching. You want to keep reaching out to like go over things and really understand things better and this and that. And you take all of that experience and instead you write music or maybe you're a poet or you write a book, anything. You create art out of this and thank God for the art. Thank God for sublimation. Okay. Then we're going to end with this one. So this is the last one we're going to talk about today and it is projection. And I bet some of you guys have been waiting for this one because this is a very commonly known one. And a lot of times we'll say like they're projecting, but really we're thinking of a different defense mechanism, but we just know projection. So projection is seeing your stuff in someone else instead of seeing it in you. We do this all the time. Again, this is a very unconscious one, but when we become aware of it, you're like, oh, okay. So examples of this would be maybe you want to leave your relationship and you feel like a lack of excitement or a lack of joy in your relationship. And it's just like, you're done with it and you're ready to leave. However, you blame your partner for being removed emotionally. You blame your partner for feeling what you feel and don't acknowledge your own feelings. And your partner's like, what are you talking about? Or maybe you have feelings for somebody and you're in a relationship and you get like a crush on somebody, but you tell yourself instead of you acknowledging that like you're, you start to flirt with like somebody else, you say that they're flirting with you. You're like, they're flirting with me. And the other person might be like, I'm not doing that. Maybe you're self-conscious about an outfit you have on. And then you ask your friend if they like it and they're like, yeah, it's cute. And you tell them that they're lying because 
you don't like the outfit and you're self-conscious in it. So you're saying that they think it's bad. This is also something that bullies do often, right? So what we know about bullies is oftentimes they are very insecure and have a lot of their own self-esteem issues. And so they end up calling that stuff out in other people. And they're like, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm big and bad and all these things. I'm confident. And then they call out the insecurities of some other people when really those are their insecurities. So like I said, projection was going to be the last one. So this is where we're going to stop with the actual defense mechanisms because we would be here for the rest of eternity with the podcast if we went through all of them and if I really dove to the depths of each one. So to wrap this up, I really just want to reiterate why learning about this stuff even matters. It matters because awareness is so key and change. And every time I say that, because I say it all the time, I, I get this urge that like, that's cliche, but it's actually true. Awareness is key in change. We must be aware in order to figure out what we're doing and what isn't working and why we're doing things that don't work. We have to have awareness. And so all of this stuff helps us figure out and help us understand both our conscious and unconscious experiences. And when it comes to our defense mechanisms, if we can learn what they look like, then we can identify when they're showing up for us. And if we can figure out when they're showing up for us, we can start to ask ourselves some really key important questions. One question would be, where is this dissonance coming from? How are my innate desires and what I feel like I should be doing bumping up against each other, right? So why do I even need to have this defense mechanism? Where did I come up with my ideas of what's right and wrong? And do I still even align with those? Even if we say yes, it's really important to ask ourselves, where do our beliefs come from? So we can then ask ourselves, do we still align from them? Or is this just all I know or all I've known? Or on the other side of all this, do I need to practice sitting in the discomfort of not feeling gratified when I want gratification all the time? Because that's where maybe our id is just like too highly functioning over there. And in all of this, these are also really hard ideas to untie just by yourself. So if you're sitting here and listening to this or walking, or maybe you're on a run, or maybe you're in the car, I don't know, wherever you are, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to process this. I want to ask these questions. I would highly suggest reaching out to a professional who has been trained to help you do that because untying some of this stuff is really hard to do when you're sitting in the middle of it and you only have your view. And if you can't do that, if you can't for whatever reason, because I know that not everybody has the ability to go to therapy, if you can't do that, then I would at least suggest start to write because things often show up differently in front of you than when you're just swirling them around in your brain. And there's like a free for all up there. So if you can't have this trained professional sitting outside of you, helping you untangle some of this stuff, then one thing you can do to start that on your own is writing it all out, looking at it when it's out on paper and it's not all jumbled up and see if this stuff fits there. So that is where we're going to wrap up today. And that's where we're going to kind of, we're not tying a bow on this because with anything we talk about here, it's all messy and there's always more that we can dive into and there's always a deeper layer, but this is the layer we are going to land on today. So if you have questions about this, what we talked about today, 
or anything, you can email me, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. And maybe there is a question that comes up around defense mechanisms, or maybe some of them were confusing and they sound the same still. Send me a question and maybe we'll, we'll talk about it on a Couch Talks coming up. You can also follow me if you just want to do that, cat.defada on Instagram, and then also follow the podcast, Therapy Podcast on Instagram. I love connecting with you guys. So please feel free to do that. Also, new fun fact, you can rate podcasts on Spotify. And I know a lot of people listen on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify and you've always been like, well, I can't rate because I listen on Spotify. What a joy today is for you because you can just open up your phone and click those five stars that I know you want to give me. And I know it might get annoying when we talk about rating and reviewing the podcast, but it helps us reach a larger audience. And I started this podcast so I could start reaching a larger audience with the type of conversations and the type of content and information that I sit with all the time because I want people to have this in a safe way. And so if we can do that with something as simple as a review, I would love for you to do that. However, it doesn't really help us when you give me a one star. So if you would like to do that and you would like to give me some feedback about how much you just hate everything I say, which I have never experienced that. So I really hope that's not out there or you're just keeping it to yourself. I would rather you email me that than put that out into the universe to, you know, confuse all the people. So we're going to wrap up with all of that being said, I hope you guys have the day, the week, the minute, the hour that you need to have. And I will be back with you guys on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Bye. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.